Welcome to the Evolve Leadership Innovation Podcast, hosted by myself, Kim Ford, CEO of Rise Pittsburgh. I'm thrilled to showcase industry leaders and their approach to workforce innovation. Because Next looks different for every company today. Let's learn, grow, and connect as we dive deep into leadership evolution. Let's evolve together. Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for joining in as we evolve together. And we're excited to announce that we're now streaming. Uh, we have our video series streaming through YouTube, and we put a link in LinkedIn. And we're now streaming on Spotify, Apple, and Google as well. So please stay tuned. We have an amazing following from not only Pittsburgh, but across the United States. And uh, more than anything, I am excited to announce today's guest. And if you don't mind, please introduce yourself and your company. Sure. Thanks for having me, Kim. My name is Jonathan Rosenson. I'm the chief operating officer for a company called Expedient. We're a digital infrastructure company. So we provide uh, data centers and cloud infrastructure as a service uh, across the country, headquartered right here in Pittsburgh. And I've been with the firm since its beginning. Wow, that's amazing. That's that's quite a long time. I was I know we started off the conversation, but I had started off and really kicked off my career in commercial real estate and the and the telecom space, opening central offices across the country. So I love seeing your background and I love kind of the data center concept and everything that goes into what that space is and, and what it does for the community. Do you mind explaining to people that might not know what what is what does that service mean to a consumer or to a business? Yeah, so Expedient provides essential data storage, data processing, and data backup services, along with a suite of managed security services to businesses in a variety of industries. But think think specifically like finance, healthcare, manufacturing, and really any business or industry that has a software as a service model, which is the type of model that many businesses are moving to uh, for subscription fees. So instead of installing the software on your premises, you're getting it delivered over the internet. That's awesome. And, and what the value you're creating is really you're providing a safe place to store that data instead of a consumer potentially keeping it at the server with backups in their own space. Am I correct? That's right. And we're, we're doing it mostly these days on our cloud platform. So while we have physical data centers, our clients want to be relieved of the burden of having to manage physical equipment and manage uh, technology platforms. They want to outsource that to a, a vendor like us. And so that really frees them to be able to uh, grow their business and transform digitally as they need to for their specific industry. That, that, that's awesome. And, and, you know, everybody's been affected differently with the pandemic. How has it affected Expedient? We were in a pretty good spot uh, to begin with, but we did have sort of uh, the initial you know, shock and awe of, oh my goodness, the, the pandemic is real. This is the thing we've been planning for. Uh, part of our business is disaster recovery and business uh, resilience. So while many clients use us for their production workloads, many also use us for their uh, disaster recovery. And you know, I've been doing this for a couple of decades and we've had the, you know, the pandemic response plan um, you know, on the shelf. And we had to pull it out. Uh, I think the good news is that the way that we've been doing business leading into the pandemic um, had been very flexible and gave us the tools that we needed, including things like uh, the video service that we're using right now to be talking uh, and other collaboration tools that made it more of a natural transition for us because we already had 
employees who were working remotely uh, or flexibly, as we called it. Um, but that certainly changed very quickly when we sent everyone who could home and only kept the minimum staff inside of the physical data centers so that they could be there to fulfill requests uh, that needed to be physical, but that we could protect them by limiting the number of people who were uh, congregating with them and protect the rest of our employees so they wouldn't have to come in and congregate with each other. That's um, that's awesome. And do you, how much, what percentage would you say of that plan that you had in place, right? You had a disaster plan in place. What percentage do you find that actually was relevant to what occurred? Because obviously nobody predicted this. There was no way to see this coming, right? This came out of nowhere. You had a plan. Like, was it really viable to execute it? Yes. And in fact, we, we essentially call it our resilience plan because we were already using all of the processes and technologies day to day that we moved to effectively overnight. So when you have people working from home or working remotely in part, you need the same kind of infrastructure and capabilities that you need when everyone's doing it. Now, capacity, you might need more capacity, but as a digital infrastructure provider, we, we have plenty of capacity uh, and we have that reserved for us. So really the only major change that we needed to do in the short term was to increase the number of simultaneous connections on our VPN. Um, and, and the VPN is really limited. There's only a couple of resources that um, our employees really need to connect to uh, through it because we use um, you know, secure web applications now that don't always require VPN. They have multi-factor authentication, but that's an everyday thing, right? You're already using it, you're already carrying your cell phone, you have your multi-factor authentication. Um, but but we there were a lot of other changes in the business, Kim. Um, from, from the sales uh, perspective, our sales team, you know, everything stopped. No trade shows, no in-person networking, and I'm sure you you know that uh, firsthand. Um, so we had to change our focus operationally on how we would uh, interact with clients and changing the tactics from going to trade shows and doing in-person networkings to providing more online digital demonstrations, webinars, and other content creation, including creating a capacity and capability to do assessments remotely for clients so we could deliver them more value remotely uh, so they could see the uh, opportunity to work with us. Um, it, you know, I'd love to back up for a second too, in regard to multi-factor authentication. Of obviously, we've been we've been doing it since it started, and I I understand the critical value of that. But I would say the majority of whether it's industry relationships, partners, clients, I would say probably sixty percent of them aren't doing it because they're opting out of it when they can. Could you mind just touching on the critical nature of securing your data and how that adds an extra layer of protection? Sure, absolutely. Um, Multi-factor uh, authentication refers to um, something that you know and something that you have. So, so effectively, you know a password, and most people are familiar with passwords and annoyed by them, probably. Uh, how many characters <laughs> yes. and special characters you have to type in. Um, the, the opportunity with multi-factor authentication is that it's also something you have. So this extra layer of protection makes it near impossible for a third party that has uh, malintent to sort of get into your data. And if you think about um, if you think about physical security and protection, you might have a door with a key on it in your office, uh, but you may also have a biometric scanner where you put your hand down or it looks at your eye or a finger or something like that. That's something you have. Something that only you have is your biometrics or, for example, a token, which is what we're talking about here with multi-factor for the computer, 
uh, a token on your telephone or a token on a fob that you carry on a key ring. So this extra layer of protection is critical, especially when everyone is working at different locations, because the security model for offices is a lot different than the security model when you're working in a distributed way. When you're in an office, the protection is on the network. You know, most people have heard of VPN or firewall. When you're out in the world, you could be on a Wi-Fi hotspot at a coffee shop. And how are you protecting your data when you're when you're there? I love it because we've seen firsthand people when they click on that email that says, hey, your Office 65 wants you to confirm your password. And then, you know, Bob confirms his password and it he has to enter his username and password. And then all of a sudden his email is hacked. It's going to all their clients and then customers. And it's right. extremely embarrassing. But if Bob would have just signed up for multi-factor authentication, he would have got pinged. And what's great is if you get pinged and you didn't log in, there's something wrong and you're automatically, you know, can go to IT support. And it's especially, I think, more important than ever with people in a distributed workforce switching to maybe a three-two work environment or just allowing people to have more flexibility or hybrid workplace to have these features in place because there's just that much more exposure. You know, the Absolutely. risk is huge. Um, what does going back to work look like for you guys? I mean, it sounds like prior to COVID, you were already rather flexible. Has anything changed from that perspective? Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, in well, last year we were contemplating renovations at our headquarters here in Pittsburgh at Nova Place. Uh, we've been there for we've been in this building for about ten years or so, and it's just time for a refresh. And and because of uh, the way that the office was designed, we had always wanted to make some better use of the space. Um, but with with the the COVID restrictions for social distancing, we thought that we could get a little bit more creative and have more modularity available so that we could update when those sort of restrictions get lifted eventually. Um, so we've taken the opportunity to start that project and we'll be um, inviting anyone who wants to come back that, that has been vaccinated and feels comfortable uh, in early summer once that project is complete. And in our other locations, both here in Pittsburgh and across the country, we've done things like installed uh, air purifiers that um, clean the air like uh, every thousand square feet of air for, for one device. Um, HEPA filtering in the air handlers and the data centers, um, and, and generally just minimizing the number of people that are in a close proximity. But as more team members get vaccinated, we're going to welcome them back to the offices. We'll continue to wear masks and practice social distancing in the foreseeable future um, and probably through the summer and early fall, and we'll be continuously assessing that. But I, I don't think that everyone will come back full time. I think that there will be um, a different new normal, uh, not to use a cliche term, as we see how uh, the business uh, naturally adapts. Because we want to we, we want to be able to collaborate among ourselves, but we also want to be able to collaborate with our partners, including our clients. And so we want to do that in the safest way possible. And we want people to feel comfortable and confident that they will be safe uh, when they come back to the office. And I, and I think that all business leaders right now all over America are trying and all over the world are trying to figure out what does next look like. And do you have any advice for other business leaders as they try to figure out that solution? I think my best advice is to listen to your stakeholders, uh, wh whoever they are, about what's important to them and really uh, take stock of what has the performance been like while you've been in this modified state during the pandemic to assess what's really important. Because while it is important for humans to have interaction, 
it has become equally important for families to have uh, more flexibility uh, among their own. So I think that there's a balance for different types of jobs. Flexibility doesn't work for every type of job. And I'm, 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 I'm in a position of privilege there, right? I have the opportunity to work from home because my job uh, is completely digital, but we do have employees who cannot. And I wanna be there to support them, just like I want to make sure they're, they're there to support us uh, to be able to run the company effectively, because if they're not there, um, we're not able to fulfill our obligations to our clients. So you know, I think it's going to be very situational by company and by job role. And, and, and really our goal with Evolve and the reason why we, we did this at all is we're trying to connect leaders, allow, allow them to really learn and grow together. And your feedback and your concepts and ideas today, John, are fabulous. And I am super excited for to share this with others. And I can't thank you enough for being here today and taking the time on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, my pleasure. I appreciate it, Kim. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, take care of yourself, and I look forward to seeing you in person. You as well. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on social media, and let's continue to evolve together. See you soon.